1: Hello and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your host Daryl Amy here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? Well, on, on the last
0: podcast we talked sports. I'm going to continue to talk sports, so we'll bring it on, Daryl. How about those Dodgers?
1: Ah, uh, there you go. You know what? Congratulations! I gotta, I gotta concede to you. You are, you have baseball running through your veins. It's oozing out your pores. I'm just a casual Blue Jays fan, and I'm happy for you. I'm happy the season's going well. And, uh, you know, best of all, though, since I get to work with you every day, the fact that the Dodgers are doing well makes my life better because you're not grouchy. So, I'm always ha-
0: D- Daryl, I'm always happy. That's why. <laughs> I'll be happy until the playoffs, and then I'm going to start biting nails, Daryl
1: yeah that's when i'm going on vacation hey by the way welcome to the selling from the heart podcast if you're new you've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine being authentic adding real value we call it selling from the heart and larry i i, I don't know about you but this is you know this is uh, this is such a challenging time and in the middle of all this challenge right now, it's also been um, a real inspiring time because what I'm seeing out there right now is people digging in and saying, hey, you know what? I know it's challenging. I, I know this is, you know, this is a rough season for many of us, uh, but there's so much optimism right now and so many people digging in, working hard, getting creative. And, and in all of it, I'm just flat out inspired right now.
0: Yeah, I'm a big believer that regardless of what many people have to say, I think this is a great time to be in sales. This is a great time to be a sales professional. This is the time to really allow us to get creative, get reacquainted with who they are. Yeah, maybe we've had the reset button paused a little bit, but that's okay. What has been really interesting is just a quick, just a quick, quick story is I was running a selling from the heart webinar for a rather large sales team. And finally, at the end, we opened it up for Q&A. And one of the very first comments was, yes, about time somebody comes on and starts talking about sincerity and heart and all these soft skills. Yes. And I think that's the biggest thing that we've learned this year, Daryl, is that the message around selling from the heart and being sincere and bringing substance to the forefront, that's what's going to set you apart moving forward.
1: Yeah, you know, soft skills are hard money and and this is uh, actually going to transition really well into our conversation today, but I know some of you may be listening going, Larry would come to my sales meeting? And the answer is yes, Larry would come to your sales meeting and share time with your team. In fact, you can learn more at sellingfromtheheart.net slash meeting or text the word heart to 21,000 and we'll get some resources in your hand and it would be blast to have Larry at your next sales meeting, sellingfromtheheart.net slash meeting. Speaking of resources, speaking of being creative, and speaking about just being a a light in this challenging time, our guest today is going to bring so much value. So, I'm so excited about this conversation, Larry. No, same here. But I'm going
0: to give a quick backstory on J.D. Gershbein. but, But I always say this, you meet the coolest people, the way you connect and relate to people especially in what we're going through today. If you can just do that and open yourself up and just be a real deal, what I call human being, you'll meet some of the coolest people. And JD and I go back, gosh, probably a couple years ago. And we've just struck a really great friendship around two things. We're like-minded individuals that have a servant's heart to the sales profession. Mm -hmm. And By the way, we geek out on sales talk, which is kind of kind of be a segue into communication and sales and what we're going through right now. So without further ado, J.D. Gershbein, I welcome you to Selling from the Heart.
2: Well, it's great to be here, folks. Uh, You know, somehow I wound up with this book in my possession and I think it's.
0: Hey, that was good, J.D. That was
2: right on, man. You know, I think it's just proper etiquette for the guest to come on with the Well, since you book. outdressed us, so I'm, you <laughs> know, come on. Well, hey,
1: you, <laughs> since you are holding an esteemed <laughs> copy, one of the original copies of Selling from the Heart, I'm sure, um, you know, you should be primed and ready to answer the question that every Selling from the Heart podcast guest answers, which
2: is, what does it mean to you, JD, to sell from the heart? Well, I've studied long and hard for this, guys, but I'm still going (laughs) to improvise my brains out on it. So, I mean, when you talk about the battle of heart versus head, uh, we have to move away from head, and we have to go right to heart. And I think people have become much more educated uh, when you take folks on the so-called buyer's journey. If they don't see the authenticity, the empathy, the compassion, and and the real concern for their welfare – guess what? They ain't buying. So authenticity, of course, uh, resilience in in the sales process, all of these great qualities and traits that characterize high-performing salespeople, the ones that perform better are the ones who are going to approach their prospects from a place of service and co-creating and collaboration. Filling a funnel, building a pipeline, that's just not going to cut it anymore.
0: Amen, JD. And and there's two things that you said in the very beginning around head and heart. And I just want to peel this back for just a quick second, because I've often said that a healthy mind starts with a healthy heart and Mm -hmm. the heart, right? If you have a broken heart and and so forth, it's hard to at least think clear, especially in the sales world. So I'm so glad you brought this up because quite often I say, we got to think with our minds and so forth. Great. I understand that. But the way the heart
2: know. is what helps us show up. I mean, Exactly, and the way that we're we, going to
0: connect is get to the heart.
2: Absolutely. When we, when we put forth good or bad body language, or if our gestures or our expressions or our mannerisms detract from our message and, and we communicate the wrong piece, it, it's tied to the heart. It's tied to your feelings. It's tied to your emotions. It's not tied to your nervous system.
1: Yeah, so true.
2: So true. And
1: yet we find ourselves in this interesting time where um you know it, where so many in in this this time in history in which we live so many of our initial interactions with other human beings happen digitally. Obviously now in in this season that digital communication is extending um throughout the sales cycle in some cases exclusively. But JD, I'm really excited about this conversation because you've been a pioneer You've been, you are a forerunner in personal branding on LinkedIn in particular and and using social. And I'm really curious when you think about authenticity and you think about that um, interaction, whether it's with your brand or whether it's with messages and communication through a platform like LinkedIn, how do you bring authenticity into that cold hard technology? that
2: seems inauthentic by so many people, right? It's interesting, guys, that at this stage of the game, we have to talk about and maybe at times defend our authenticity. Mm. Where, where was this conversation 15, 20, 25 years ago, even after the post-World War II era? I, I mean, great businesses are built on authentic nature uh, of, the, of the visionary, of the founder, And that story is communicated through the marketing channels and more companies today. It's very obvious. They're humanizing their brand. They're, they're having those conversations. They understand that they have to be good stewards of their stories Mm. And telling them with authenticity, telling them with flair, telling them with enough enough of a sales pitch, whether it's overt or nuanced, to get people to buy, engendering that customer loyalty it's all predicated on how people engage with that brand, and obviously, the studies are showing that people engage with authentic brands
0: but but here here's here's the thing that that quite frankly sometimes just concerns me is. The messaging that's used, so now I'm going to open up probably a can of worms for a conversation, but I think it warrants it, is a lot of times you have, you know, those visionaries, those leaders that will put those messages out there of authenticity, but then it trickles down and before you know it, everyone's chasing the dollar. And then we bring authenticity back to the forefront and then it becomes a buzzword and I'm afraid that quite often, you know, when, when people hear this, the words authenticity and sincerity, they go, oh, it's just words, right? Because they're so often used and they're not, they're not internalized. But I'm a big believer that, you know, authentic connections and authentic branding and how you relate authentically, you got to walk, talk, and live that stuff. It's a lifestyle. And you can't just wake up one morning and say, you know what? I think it's, it's Friday morning. I think I'm going to be authentic and I'm going to run my company <laughs> sure. authentically.
2: Sure and and the proof is in the pudding. Uh, people who are authentic don't have to harp on the fact that they're authentic right their, <laughs> their actions speak and and they speak louder than words, as the cliche goes mm. but But, I think being the genuine article today uh, it, it's certainly a coachable skill. I think there are people who for for whatever reason, have been kind of. Uh, stuck inside themselves. And certainly as we tape this, we're six months into a global pandemic right now. And you're seeing a lot of survival mechanisms, desperate sales folks coming to the fore. And it seems like authenticity is getting strewn by the wayside. And we probably need the authenticity more now than ever because people are hurting. We're all operating with some kind of high functioning depression in our lives. Uh, We don't want to get sick. Uh, we're supposed to be coming at people from a much more uh, empathic perspective And, and, and you're the same way, I'm the same way nobody wants to be thought of as someone else's lead right now So classical sales speak has to be shelved until we kind of get people more in tune with who we are, let the authenticity come out. We certainly have, uh, between LinkedIn and Zoom right now, we certainly have those vehicles operating in concert to, to be our lifeline right now in how we broadcast ourselves, how we can guide, manage, and shape perceptions about us. And ideally, people will get the idea if we're authentic. They'll see it.
0: Yeah, you know, Daryl, in, in listening to what JD said, and I see it, I think we all see it, is we've taken some of those bad sales habits that we were out in the field, and now those sales habits have been transferred over into the virtual world, which then just raises up a whole nother concern. You agree,
1: Daryl? Yeah, it, and even more, the virtual world um, in some ways amplifies it. And not only amplifies it, also records it. <laughs> like, so, so that, you know, if you think about the, if in the old days back, you know, right after World War II and Larry started selling back in the old days, <laughs> you were, you were getting out there and you were, you were building a brand one-on-one, you had a reputation and that was certainly, you like that, didn't you, Larry? That was, uh, that, Subtle that, digs, dude, you kill me. It's the subtle digs. You get them when you can we're always having fun on the song from the heart podcast. This is, this is great, but you know, if you think about it, back 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 in the day, you know, back before uh, social in particular, um, you developed a, a reputation in the marketplace, and that I'm not belittling that at all. Um, however, you know, that reputation was between certain people who knew who you were. Now, you know, when you're you're developing your brand, your reputation, um, and you're interacting on a platform like LinkedIn for the whole world to see recorded. You know, this is a big deal. I think about, you know, I've got a teenager. And so, you know, teenager today, you're like, don't put that online, you know, don't do that because you know that, that whatever that would be would might come back and hurt you someday. It's the same type of thing, I think, going on with some sales people. I'm not going to use the word professionals, um, sales people who are putting stuff out there that kind of like a teenager, you're like, dude, <laughs> that, that is permanent. That's going to come back and hurt you. Um, and so it's like the the personal brand and the trust has always been important, but LinkedIn came along and the other social platforms and all of a sudden that brand is very public
2: and it's somewhat permanent. Yeah, and it's a shame that so many sellers are committing brand suicide on LinkedIn right now. And and we could talk a whole program about yeah. the relationship between LinkedIn and personal branding and mm-hmm. social selling, which is a term that's still in vogue right now. I remember, mm-hmm. Larry, I'm sure you do as well. When the term social selling broke, it, it was kind of misdefined by a lot of people. I, I, there are many definitions of it, but it's truly using the social platforms to to build a sales career, to, uh, to to build a good book of business. And I think we all want good clients, those of mm-hmm. us who sell a product or service. We want that business to stay on the books. Mm-hmm. We attach economic value to the folks who do buy from us because they, they may not buy again, but they could introduce or refer us. And building the referral network is as important to sellers today as prospecting on the site. In fact, it's probably more appropriate to to mine opportunities from your own LinkedIn network than go out there and try to build relationships through a cold email on LinkedIn. So nowadays, everything's organic. Everything's being bootstrapped. We're literally rewriting the sales playbook. A lot of the stuff that worked prior to the pandemic, guys, it's just simply not working now. So what do we have to do? We have to be more humanistic in our approach. We have to meet people where they live. I would like to add the adjective fearless in front of authenticity. We have to be fearlessly authentic. I like it. We have to go out there and not worry about the ramifications because if we're operating within our personal spheres, uh, our our own qualities, our own traits, our own core values, we're going to sell. People will trust us. And that's the hardest thing in the world right now as we speak is building trust in the online world.
1: Yeah, it is um trust obviously at an all-time low. We always quote the um the post trust era is, I think post-trust was the word of the gear in 2018. Mm-hmm. Hasn't gotten any better since then. And this, you know, the trust thing is nothing happens in sales without trust. And you know, right now, salespeople have, we've always had a huge hurdle for trust, but that hurdle is as high as it's ever been. And I would say, and I'm curious what what you think, in the absence of face-to-face interaction and all of the, you know, the the good things about that, trust, you know, we're two-dimensional in a lot of ways. So, this um, fearless authenticity uh, right now and really putting your brand out there, I, I get it. I get it. And I think it's, you know, this is the time to really do that if you haven't already.
2: Yeah. In the online world, people are going to research their purchases even more carefully than they would in the real world because look what's happening to brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. And and look at what Amazon Com is is doing. Look at what Walmart is doing. Everybody, Mm -hmm. it's now about order it and it shows up two days later. Well, in in the service oriented world, consultants can't operate that way. There's still a sales cycle. There's still a trust-building period where both parties are kind of feeling out the other. And, and again, uh, past performance is no indicator of future results. But the best we can do and the best we can hope for is that the right people will view our LinkedIn profiles, get a great idea as to who we are, a very accurate portrayal uh, of you should exist on this profile by now. And you start having conversations. You start building the conversation pipeline. And... Conversations bubble up. They have I I, I call them vectors. They have conversation vectors. So there's dimension and magnitude to a conversation. Some bubble up and become extremely promising, and can keep salespeople on a euphoric high for a while. And others just fizzle out right away. And and the good seller now has to be more of a a a bit of a triage technician as to sort out which conversations are going to have meaning, which are the ones that, that that need emphasis, that have to be nurtured, and that nurturing. That constant communication also requires the heart, the authenticity.
0: And it's, yeah, this is so good, so good. But w- what's interesting, and, and unfortunately, you see a lot of this happening, in, and I know both of you will agree with me on this, is this has been magnified. What we're talking about now has been absolutely magnified in a virtual world. My impression that I make is magnified and scrutinized instantaneously online. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for for our listeners that are listening all over the place, you know, this is key in on this for a moment, because in my opinion, and I think JD, Daryl, you'd agree with me, we have one great shot to make a first impression. That's it. And, and I, that's my opinion. I mean, it doesn't mean game over, guys. It just means that if you don't make that favorable first impression, your work has just become just exponentially harder. So let's key in on this for a moment because I believe there's a lot of childish behavior occurring in the sales world on these platforms like this that you never know who's watching you. So if you can pay attention to your communication, how you connect, how you relate, how you engage in conversation,
2: mm-hmm. your yeah, best
0: opportunity could be viewing you and you have no idea, JD, zero
2: well, every, every direct message, every email that you send, every voicemail that you leave, every like you, you tender, every comment you lay on another person's post, that's social engagement. And we're measured on our social engagement. In, in fact, we're compared to others through our social engagement. I've, I'm not hung up on views of my post. I'm just hung up on the one view of my post that's going to translate into a business win. And business wins nowadays have to be savored. They have to be relished. And it it takes a lot more to get there than it used to, right? Yeah. So what's it going to take? And when you come at people from a transactional viewpoint, they feel like they need your buy to help them qualify for that trip to Aruba, as opposed to really solving a problem and getting you acclimated to doing business with that company in the future. Um, it's really changed. And, you know, in treating people the way they would want to be treated, it's still amazing with all we're hearing about this, Larry, even with the release of your book and this conversation and what we should be doing, that people are still such bad actors out there on LinkedIn with these overt sales pitches, these egregious breaches of ethics, especially on the invitation to connect on LinkedIn. I mean, my gosh, selling right from the point of contact without any history with these individuals. It's its its just awful. And LinkedIn shouldn't be like that. And it's not a LinkedIn problem. It's a LinkedIn user problem. The way to do it is to systematically build trust, stage touch points, review profiles in earnest, reach out to people when there's something at the other end and you perceive it to be promising, start a conversation. Don't even Talk about selling. Just ask how their families are doing. How are they managing the coronavirus crisis? Things like that. Eventually, you'll get on a sales track. And professional sellers need to focus on creating sales moments through relationship building as opposed to just starting out with the pitch.
1: And I think the relationship building side is so critical here. You know, for years, I had this mindset, and and I'm thankful that this mindset has shifted Uh, But I had this mindset that I only took appointments with people that could be buyers, right? I mean, I relentlessly screened stuff out. Um, What I've gotten to now is I've realized that just about anybody is one degree of separation from my next big client. Mm
2: -hmm. And,
1: um, you know, and, and not only that, these people are interesting. So yesterday afternoon, I took two appointments with people who are not prospects You know, who I just thought were interesting people. And they both were fascinating conversations. I made some new friends. And on top of that, there are business opportunities I wouldn't, I didn't have in mind. I didn't go into it with business opportunities in mind. Yet, in both of those cases, leaving that conversation were business opportunities. And we're not even talking about, you know, their ability. Um, as we become friends, to connect me to ideal clients, uh, prospects. And I think this mindset, and Larry, you've been really, really good at helping me shift this mindset over the last four or five years. But this mindset of saying, you know what, my network is my net worth. And it's also the source of fulfillment. And one of the things we get to do as salespeople um, is build a network with interesting people, and then you know, out of that network, out of those relationships flows, opportunity. And LinkedIn, I, you know, I, I've we've all lost count of the amazing people we've met through you know the LinkedIn platform, and just engaging on in conversation with interesting people, and you know, as as taking it to conversation. So this is, I think, this mindset of. And it makes me sick when I get those you know multiple times a day, hey Daryl, now that we 've connected, blah 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 you know um, but on the flip side there's lots you know there's more and more people saying hey i 'd love to i 'd love to get to know you <laughs> you know basically, and that 's healthy, and that 's good, and that is happening and and I think that that's the The beautiful thing out of this is even though we're more isolated than ever, uh, in some some states still sitting in our home offices, um, you know, we're also more connected than ever because there's this opportunity to reach out. And uh, next thing you know, you're on a Zoom meeting with somebody you didn't know and a new friendship sparked. I think that's exciting.
2: Absolutely. And Uh, You know, let's pause for a moment and reflect on Zoom. I mean, you want to talk about a company that was in the right place Mm -hmm. at the right time. Zoom has come out of nowhere to be a salvation point. And it's how we stay connected. I mean, forget the business component, but just society at large and just the way that we're keeping in touch with family and friends in the way that it has uh, kept colleges and universities and high schools and elementary schools engaged, uh, virtual learning. And Zoom has propelled a brand new front of innovation. And all of the innovation that's gonna come out during this, this peri-COVID period before a recovery, I'm interested as anyone to see how Zoom responds because the platform is so user-friendly, it's easy. I mean, it, guys, it's easy, right? I mean, mm-hmm. click a link, you're pretty much there. And, and now what's the next piece in this? How is it gonna be even better? How are we going to save companies even more, uh, more economically, less wear and tear? Uh, those are where the innovations are gonna come because unfortunately, feet on the floor, eye contact, physical world selling may be postponed indefinitely hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, so here, here's something funny. So, I mean, this is just a sidebar. I'm listening to JD and this is what's going through my warped head as I'm listening to JD. Right. The only thing I can think of is right. So let's think about branding because we started talking about branding a while back. We did. Right. If you need to blow your nose or anything like that. Right. You go, just can you grab me a Kleenex? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. At least I say it right. Instead I know of, what you're getting at. LL. Can you grab me a tissue? So now I think what's going to happen through this situation is people are going to relate Zoom. Hey, you just want to hop on a Zoom call. Yeah. Think about that for a second. It's already happening. It's already, it's already happening, happening, but you see the correlation? It's just right place, right time, but it's the whole brand and how you've been how they connected and so forth. There's a plethora, and you all know that. There's a ton of other options that are out there.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly, but people aren't going to say, hey, Larry. Daryl, let's hop on a web conferencing platform and have a meeting. <laughs> I don't think that's happening anytime soon. Zoom no. has, has conquered the market beautifully. They own it. Yeah, they've I they've mean, done a great it's, job. It's well, remarkable, and it's their game to lose.
1: Well, hey, um, as we're as we're wrapping up, and this has been a. Def- I knew this was going to be a great conversation. It is not disappointed. Me too. Uh, I, I'm just. I'm you know just. We've got a great audience of sales professionals, the people in the Selling from the Heart community, um, buy into authenticity. They buy into servant-led selling. They buy into what we're talking about. Um, So, if you were talking to a sales rep that buys into this, probably is taking a lot of steps. I mean, they they walk the talk. They're not empty suits. They're doing the deal. Uh, They're interacting in a genuine way online. How could someone like that up their game even more? Like, what are a couple things you would say to our audience to go, okay, you've gone this far. Here's how you get it to the fearless level. The business
2: isn't worth it unless it's worth it. Because look, we all want clients. If you're selling, you want clients. Our clients are our lifeline, right? Our clients are a connective tissue to creating wealth, providing for our families, uh, gaining the respect of of colleagues and the EVP of sales. But at the same time, square peg and around hole tactics are not working right now. And we probably train salespeople much differently back, say, before the internet. And now with digital, we have the ability to really school them well. But the one thing that isn't taught and should be, I think is more empathic servant-based sales techniques, Mm -hmm. developing those skills and qualities that are human to human and not out of a playbook and not reading from scripts. I, I'm a big fan of applied improvisation. I have a background at Chicago's famed second city. I've studied improv and sketch comedy. I understand the phenomenon of extending conversations and keeping them in play. And I leverage that. I, I, I just keep people engaged in what I'm doing without selling a thing. I let my LinkedIn profile sell me. And once I'm I'm on a, a conversation track with them, I try to see if there is a sales moment. If there is, I'll nurture it. Uh, and hopefully it will blossom. If not... I let it go because there's something off. It, it's not a good fit. It may not be worth it on, on one or both ends. And I don't force anything at this stage of the game. And that's something that you learn. Young salespeople starting out in their career right now, they just want to fill their appointment books with, with meetings. They, they break down their ratios. Well, if I do the dials, I'm going to get these people who will call me back or have me back. And, and then maybe I can submit proposals to these people. And then maybe I'll close one or two. And everything breaks down into ratios and mathematics and that's about as far away from heart selling as we get so closing the gap between what's feasible and realistic as opposed to what you would want to be able to look a client in the eye and know that both parties did what they were supposed to do that the that their the buyer is satisfied with the journey that they went down and the seller is pleased with the way that the business was created and i think that right now is selling from the heart and it it ties up nicely because that's all related to personal branding it's all related to putting yourself out there in social networking and making yourself available accessible and accountable to a network so that when they refer you they know that they're referring someone to a, a, a human being of quality so it's all starting to come together and the pandemic has truly shown this to us it's been a curse uh, true, but there are many blessings to be found inside this curse.
0: Hey, Daryl, so good. So as we bring this to a close, I just have to throw a sports analogy on this one, on what he, on what JD just said. So a special shout out for all those that are, you know, that are the gamblers and a salute to the Las Vegas Raiders who open up in Las Vegas this coming weekend. Go double down on what JD just said, double down <laughs> on yourself, right? For those listeners that are in Las Vegas or in gambling communities, go double down on what he (laughs) just said and double down on yourself. Bring heart to the forefront. Double down on relationships and double down on those conversations.
1: Yeah, so good. So good. JD, thank you so much, not only for sharing time with us today, but just for who you are. You're a bright light in this uh, sales community, and uh, it's just an honor to be able to hang out with you
2: today. Well, likewise, guys, I've had this on my calendar for a couple of months now, been excited about it since the time I booked it and um, always like talking sales, always like talking branding, always like talking LinkedIn. And you know mm-hmm. what? We're, we're here to teach those folks, uh, whether they're struggling, whether you know, they're experienced sales folks who just need another nugget to, to really advance their careers. I'm sure they get that from you. They can certainly get it from your book, Larry. And there are certainly enough people out there who are not doing it right that they can learn from too. So uh, I salute you guys for doing it right.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, thank you, JD. And thank you to everyone in the Selling from the Heart community. Uh, As we always say, we just, it's such a joy. It's such a joy to be able to hang out with you, to get to know you. Um, And we talk a lot about the Selling from the Heart insiders group, where many of us are gathering together now, encouraging each other, inspiring each other, learning together. If you want to learn more about that, just go to sellingfromtheheart.net slash insiders. But until next week, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, add, keep adding real value, have fearless authenticity, and most of all, sell from the heart.
0: Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the Salescast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co.
1: We look forward to seeing you next time.